Well, good morning again. It is good to sing together, isn't it? Even though uh, we can't be together, to know that I'm sitting uh, and listening uh, to those songs and singing and knowing that you're doing the same. Uh, what a blessing. What a blessing it is. I'm excited to start a new series today. I want to talk about that uh, for just a few moments. I thought uh, as I've been praying about where to go next, we had a whole nother plan um, in place, but as I, as I was thinking and praying about where to go next, I thought, what better place to go than to try to give some Bible responses to some things that we're feeling right now in this time, in this season. So feel free to share this uh, with some friends, with some family members that may be walking through some of the same things. And so um, prayerfully and with a little bit of help, uh, we've come up with some topics that we're going to cover over the next few weeks um, that, that, we're, that we're dealing with. So I want to start us in prayer, and then we're going to dive right in. God, I just pray that as we open your word this morning, God, that you would give us your truth, and that you'd open our hearts and our minds and speak to us uh, clearly on the message that you would have us here uh, this morning. God, we trust you. We trust you in the season. We trust you in the service. And God, we ask that you would, uh, God, again, just open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday, after our service aired, I got a text message that said, hey, you ought to consider preaching on discerning truth. What is truth? And, and I think that that, um, that, that, that that theme is going to play over the next few weeks. But this morning, I wanted to kind of launch us into what does it look like to discern truth? And so in order to answer that question, we've got to define discernment. Um, because here's the reality. The decisions that we make today are going to determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. The decisions that we make today are going to determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. Discernment is defined as the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. Or um, one, one definition that I read was that discernment is the ability to judge. The discernment is the ability to judge. And so we make our decisions, right? And our decisions make us. And so what are some values that we have? Values dictate the decisions that we make. Preferences dictate the decisions that we make. Relationships dictate the decisions that we make. And so there's discernment in decisions that we make and responses that we make um, and, and all of those different things. And so what I want us to talk about this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 is where we're going to launch from. And then I've got three, um, three kind of directional wisdom things that, that I want to talk about and then we'll close down. But 1 Corinthians chapter 16 starting in verse 5. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. And Paul says, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me. There are many adversaries, and there are many adversaries. And so Paul here, who started churches, wrote the biggest portion of Scripture that we have, two-thirds of the New Testament, he knew details, 
right? He knew details. But here we see, right, I'll, I'll visit you after passing through Macedonia. I intend to pass through Macedonia. Perhaps I'm going to stay with you, spend the winter, so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. And I love verse 7, and I think it gives us a lot of truth for today. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. You know, one of the things I think that this season, that this time is teaching us is what we value. If you think about it, right, um, we are realizing, we are learning what's most important to us. I want you to think about it for just a minute. What are you longing for most right now? What are you longing for most right now? Is it a personal connection with someone? Is it, is it going to see a movie? Is it, is it seeing a ball game live? Is it going to a particular restaurant? Is it going on a date with someone? Is it, you know, what, what is the thing that you value deepest right now, that you long for most right now? And I think this season is teaching us, is teaching us what we value. And maybe some of the things that we didn't value before that we should value. And that ought to be something that, that we ought to look at in the next few days, in the next few weeks, right? As a family, as an individual, is what are the things that I'm valuing right now that I didn't value five or six weeks ago? What are the things that I want to value going forward, right? And so on and so forth. Because we see here in this scripture that Paul valued the church at Corinth. He wanted to spend time with them. He says, I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. And I want you to see that. If the Lord permits. Because Paul knew, right? Paul knew that everything he did was up to God. He was under the Lordship of of God, right? And so if the Lord permits, I want to see you more than just in passing. I want to see you more than just a high five and keep going about my way. Because he valued the people. He valued the people. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 from the New Living Translation says this, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. He goes on, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Paul here says, for a wide door for effective work is open to me, and there are many adversaries. And, and he's looking to the church at Corinth that they may help him on his journey wherever he will go. And then we see in Proverbs there, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Have you ever said the statement, if I knew then what I know now? That's a big statement, isn't it? I can, I can say that, man, there are some, there are some things that, that, uh, that, that I can certainly say I would have done differently in my life if I knew now what I knew then. I would have done my Algebra two homework in 10th grade so that I didn't have to 
take Algebra 2 again in 11th grade, certainly that would have been something that I would have done had I known now what, or had I known then what I knew now. Um, and, and, and there are many, 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 many other things, certainly, that if I knew then what I knew now. So I guess what I want to talk about today is from Scripture, how can we discern the best decisions to make in our daily lives? How can we discern truth and the best decisions to make? And so again, we're going to be talking about this over the next few weeks. This is just scratching the tip of the iceberg, but we've got to lay this foundation before we keep going. And the first thing that I want to talk about is this when it comes to directional wisdom. Where am I going? How am I discerning? And what truth am I believing and buying into? And the first thing that we've got to look at is walk. Walk. So if you're taking notes, write that down. If there's somebody in your room, look at them and say, walk. Walk. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Listen to me. Write this down. Almost, it's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. Anybody say amen to that? It's almost impossible to live the right life when you've got the wrong friends. A couple summers ago, I was preaching at a summer camp for teenagers, and I, and I, was, I was studying an article, and, and, and basically the article said this, that we are the product of the five closest people in our lives. And I want you to think about that for just a minute. Who are the five closest people in your life? Do you want to be those people? Do you want to turn out like those people? We've got to walk with people that we ultimately, right, want to be like, right? And, and so it's almost impossible to live the right life when you've got the wrong friends. If you want to grow in wisdom, if you want to make wise decisions, if you want to walk in a wise direction, we've got to walk with the wise. We've got to walk with the wise. And I want you to see something here. This isn't a one-time meeting. This is a walk, this is a relationship. This is a relationship. This is something that I've got to commit myself to. I've got to commit myself to. You've heard me talk about it before, that the average church attendance today is 50%, right? 26 weeks out of the year, right? That that is, that that is regular, that's considered regular attender, right? 50% of the time, right? And yet we wonder, we wonder why we're not seeing change in our life. We wonder why we're not experiencing community. I can't tell you how many times I, I hear that from folks. I'm coming to church, right? But I'm just not experiencing community. Well, are you walking with anybody? Are you walking with folks? And get it, I, listen, to me, listen to me. I know that this one is a hard one to talk about right now. But there are ways in which we can walk with people. You could set up a Zoom call with someone. You could walk with them. There, there, are things that, there are things that we can do to adapt in this season. FaceTime, right? And, and, and the question that we've got to ask ourselves here is, do I value it? Do I value walking with wise folks? For the last, oh, three, four years, uh, I'm going to say four years, I've had a bi-weekly call uh, twice a month with a ministry coach, a discipleship ministry coach in Oregon. And uh, his name's Dennis. He's preached here before uh, a, a long time ago. And, and Dennis and I talked for a half an hour 
every other week. And, and I was just on that call this week, and we went about 45 minutes. And you know one of the things we realized when we were just kind of checking in with each other? Nothing's changed in our relationship. Nothing's changed in our relationship. And, and he, really, he really pushed me in the sense because, because you know, I, I, was, I was talking to him about how we're trying to figure out different ways to connect with people. And he's like, listen, if you value it, you figure out a way to make it happen. Isn't that interesting? If it's something that you value, you figure out a way to make it happen. We value God's Word singing together in a Sunday morning service. And we've figured out a way in this time to make it happen because we value it, right? Our small groups value being together. They figured out a way to make it happen. If you value it deep enough, we figure out a way to make it happen, no matter the challenges. And that's walking. And, and, and here's the thing, right? I, I've, I've had folks say, um, I'm just not getting fed in my small group. It's not the right fit. Here's something that may not be very popular to say. Switch groups. Change groups. If you're not being fed by the people that you're walking with, make a change. Make a change. Or, or, have a tough conversation and say, listen guys, I'm not being fed in this right now. And I want to be fed in this right now. Can we make some changes? Can we make some adjustments? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and again and expecting a different result. And many of us are walking down the same path and the same path and the same path at the same speed, right? At the same rate. And we're not seeing change. And we're wondering, what's going on? What's going on? And so we've got to define those things that we value, and then we've got to look around and say, are there people in my life that are walking with me that can help me accomplish those values, that can help me get better in those values, because it's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends, with the wrong people in my life. So we've got to walk. The second thing we've got to do is we've got to ask. We've got to ask. You've heard me quote this verse probably time and time and time again. It comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. He says this, the half-brother of Jesus, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But, he says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven uh, and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. See, I need to say something here. And, and uh, chances are um, she's listening. Um, but, but, but I know... I think I know, I think I know, um, I think I know more than my kids. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that I know more uh, than, than my kids about, let's just say life in general, right? Let's just say life in general. But there's a, there's a shift that happens right at about age 11 or 12, Right? There's a shift that happens as a parent, and, and, and parents especially, I think especially dads um, experience this shift uh, in, a, in a big way, um, that, that we go 
from hero, right? We know everything. We can do everything. I've still got three kids that I think fall in that category that, that consider me a hero, that think I can do everything, think I know everything, to you don't know anything. Like, you just don't get it. You just don't get what I'm going through. You don't get life. You don't get my math homework. You don't get this. You don't get how to play this game, right? And, and it's interesting how we go from hero to nothing. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? It's interesting. Psalm chapter 32 verse 8 says this, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for life, for your life. I will advise you and keep watch over you. I will advise you and watch over you. What do I mean by all of this? Is that I think we do what our kids do with us as parents to God. There are seasons in our life where we look at God and say, God, you're all-knowing. God, you've got this. God, you can do this. God, you're, you're there for me. I, I love you, and I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so thankful for your guidance to seasons maybe like we're in right now with, what are you doing? You're not even here. Do you see what's happening in the world? Do you see what's going on? I can't feel you. I can't see you. Everything's falling apart. As I was coming here today, it felt like my house was falling apart. My car didn't start. Um, dinner wasn't, wasn't, wasn't working out. Everything was falling apart. I got here. I talked to Dylan. He was having a similar day. And today's one of those days where we just kind of look around and we're like, where are you at? Where are you at? And in the same way, as a parent, as I think about how my kids are starting to get to that point where I know nothing, a couple of them at least, I haven't changed. My love for them certainly hasn't changed. And this became really true to me last week because we're teaching Ezra, our four-year-old, how to ride a bike without training wheels. And, uh, and he's, do he's doing great with it. I still got to kind of get him started. And we were on a walk, and, and um, I'd kind of get him started. But if he gets too far away from me, right? If he gets too far away from me, he kind of he kind of panics and stops and puts his feet backwards, which is his break, and then he kind of flings forward. It's actually kind of funny to watch and fun to watch and all of that. But but I've realized that Ezra, in learning to ride his bike, wants Daddy close to him, right? He wants Daddy to keep in step with him. He wants he wants me to be right near him. Why? Because he's worried that something might go wrong if I'm not there. And as a dad, yeah, buddy, I'm going to be right there, right? And I think of God our Father. Psalm 32, let me go back to that verse 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for, for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Isn't that the heart? Isn't that the heart of 
a parent, and, and, and this is certainly the heart of the Father. And see, we're even flawed, and we probably feel that way uh, uh, deeply. I know I do, right? How much more does our Heavenly Father think that over us and want to help us in seasons where we're confused, in seasons where we're hurting, in seasons where we just don't know? We've got to ask. We've got to walk with folks who can give us wisdom, right? Who can teach us, who have been there, who have done that. If you want to be uh, better in your finances, then, then, then find somebody that's, that's financially savvy, that knows about getting out of debt, right? Don't, don't find somebody that's in thousands of dollars of credit card debt, right? If you want marriage help, look at somebody that's got a healthy marriage, right? And that's not faking it, but they got a healthy marriage. If you want to be healthy, right, then, then, then go to someone that eats right and that goes to the gym, right? We've got to walk with those folks. And if we want wisdom, Scripture says ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. And you know, the biggest problem I think that we have when it comes to asking is that we don't always like the answers. Because we're asking, but then we think, oh, that can't be God. Because I don't like the answer. And so we ask again. Or we find someplace else that gives us the answer that we want. And we say, oh, well, this person said this. They obviously know. But we ask. And then thirdly, so we walk, we ask, and then thirdly, we decide. Now, there's a, there's a clip from Karate Kid that I wanted to show you because I think it... I think it goes right along with what we're about to talk about. And so uh, I think we have this thing queued up. Take a look at this clip. Hey. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. Uh, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, ready? Well, yeah, I guess so. And your son must talk. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Isn't that a good clip? I hope you caught it, right? Mr. Miyagi asked Danielson, hey, if you walk on the right side of the road, you're safe. If you walk on the left side of the road, you're safe. If you walk in the middle of the road, eventually, squish like a crate. Same thing with karate, right? You want to do karate, Yes. You don't want to do karate. No. Danielson karate. Guess so. Squish. Right? We've got to decide. We've got to make the choice. We don't want to be just like a grape and get squished. We've got to make a call. Right? We've got to make a call. When there's no moral command, God gives us the wisdom to choose. 
a lot of times if I have to ask if it's the right thing, the answer is probably no, right? And, and I'm not saying that that's something that you should live by. I'm just saying I've kind of realized that in my life, that if I've got to, if I've got to ask permission from enough people, then the answer is probably, yeah, you might want to steer clear from that. But where there's no moral command, God gives us wisdom to choose love and trust. And we decide, right? Have you, ever, have you ever worked with a person or dealt with a person or walked with a person or had a friend and you've said, you know what, I just wish you'd make a decision. I just wish you'd make a decision. I believe God's saying that to some people in the church today. In fact, he says it to the church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. He says, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you'd decide. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Sometimes discernment and truth comes from us just making a decision. Just making a decision. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me right? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You know what Jesus is asking for? For the church to just make a decision to follow him. Which means denying ourselves and taking up our cross. Just making a decision. Paul tells the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter, I'm going to start in chapter 2. We're going to read quite a bit here, but we've got to back up. The verse I really want you to hone into is is chapter 3, verse 1. But I want to give you a little bit of background leading into this verse. But Paul says, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to start in actually verse 17, not 7. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Here's Paul again, right? His value was people. His value was being with people. And so we see him here again. He wants to see these people face to face because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. And then chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we're destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we, would, that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass. And just as you know, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. What had Paul done here? Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind and we, and we sent Timothy because we needed to know. Because we needed to know. That was a decision, right? That was a decision. He decided. Why? Because his value was to be with the people. He says there in verse 19 of chapter 2, for what is our hope or our joy or our crown or boasting before the Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. And you know, i got to be honest, as I sit and think about this today, as I sit and reflect on this today, even as I'm sitting here and reflecting on it with you, I think that is the biggest struggle that I'm having right now being a pastor in this season. 
It's because you are the joy of pastoring. This building isn't the joy of pastoring. It's not. And you are the joy. You're the thing that makes this fun. You're the thing that makes this great. And I long for that. I long to be with you. I long for you to be in here when I'm preaching these messages. As much as I love Dylan, I long for more of you. And I can kind of feel Paul's pain here because he, he was deeply involved with these people. And he just wanted to be with them. He wanted to be with them. I want to know how your heart is. So Paul kind of got fed up and he's like, all right, you know what? We're doing this. And I need to know how you are. I need to know how you are. And so he made a decision to send Timothy and find out. And so the rest is history. And so my question for you is, number one, what do you value? What do you value? And would you consider valuing the things of God above all else? Would you commit to valuing the things of God above all else? And if you do, right, if you do, we want to help you with that. We want to walk with you. We want to be there when you ask for wisdom to give you godly wisdom, not our opinions, godly wisdom from Scripture. And would you decide that you're going to follow God and deny yourself your selfish desires? You're going to take up your cross and follow Him. And follow Him. What does that look like for you today? What does that look like for you tomorrow? What does it look like for you the next day? What does it look like for you the day after that? And I want to build on this in these next weeks. But as I was reflecting on this and meditating on that text message I received last Sunday... We have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to redefine our values. And I guess my fear for you and my fear for me is that we'll walk through this unchanged. We'll walk through this and on the other side of it, we won't walk with folks. We won't ask for wisdom. We won't decide on better things. But we'll go back to the numbness that was our schedules and our lives before COVID. So would you consider these things? Would you consider... What are you valuing? And would you value the things of God today? That's my heart for you and where we're going over these next couple of weeks. Can I pray for you? Father, I just ask. As you say in James 1, that you give us your wisdom. 
And as we talk about truth, as we talk about fear, as we talk about grieving what's been lost, as we talk about endurance and perseverance and anxiety and anger and frustration over these next couple weeks, um, as we talk about these different things, God, would you give us your truth and your discernment as we go? And I thank you that your word is all that we need. Your word gives us all the truth that we need to face anything and everything that we come in contact with. God, I miss these people. I'm so blessed that we can do this. I'm so blessed that we can make the most of it and all of that. But God, I long to be with your church again. God, I pray for that longing to be in all of us. God, like we see in Paul, twice this morning we see that he just longed to be with the people that he was writing to. And God, I, 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 I say it this morning, I long to be with the people that I'm speaking to. Whatever platform people are hearing this on, I, I long to be with them, and I pray that you would make it so. In your timing, when it's right, when, when, um, when it's okay, when it's safe, all those things, but God, I long to be, and I pray that you would make it so. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Let's sing together.